Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Aren't you glad that we uh, can see just a glimpse of how glorious our Father is? Amen. Oh, by the Spirit of God and just you and I coming together. So glad to see you here this morning. Glad to have Jim and Myra Zara here this morning. Make yourself at home. Um, hallelujah. Uh, I want you to open up your Bibles to, uh, to Luke chapter 11. I want Sister Victoria to put uh, uh, a verse up on the screen, though, before we go there. Let's put John chapter 14, uh, where Jesus makes this statement in verse 16. John fourteen sixteen. I want to read that. Uh, as, as we was worshiping the Lord, I heard the Spirit of the Lord say, I want to deal with an orphan spirit this morning. And I think that times out perfectly because we're in our third week in this series of prayer, praise, and power. And you know, when uh, we're talking about this morning about recognizing God in prayer as our Father, so that that works out absolutely wonderful. Look what Jesus said. Uh, he said, and I will pray the Father, and He shall give you another comforter. And, and this word comforter from the Greek, uh, uh, the best I remember is orphanos, and it's where we get our English word orphan. So he said, I'm going to give you another comforter. I'm going to give you somebody that will show you that you're not an orphan, that he may abide with you forever. And then he goes on to explain to us that it's the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit of truth. And so uh, the spirit of truth inside of you and I uh, will disable, disarm, uh, will push out any orphan spirit out of our life where we can receive uh, the fullness of God being our Father. Amen? All right. With that being said, Luke chapter 1. Let's read the first two verses just for a text. And uh, uh, we've been ministering out of this passage for the last, uh, well, we, we skipped last week because the Spirit of God changed the Sunday morning service. But look what it says, Luke 11 and 1. If you're there, say amen. And it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. Verse number two, and he said unto them, when you pray, say, uh, this word say is uh, lego, and to lay forth uh, with full confidence in a building block. And when you, when you pray, say, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so in earth. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we're so grateful and so thankful for your sweet presence this morning. We're so thankful and so grateful for every person that is here. We ask that by the power of the Holy Spirit that you speak a rhema word, a fresh word, fresh manna into every person's life. And we pray, Lord, for uh, those who can't be here. Uh, Sister Michelle and Brother Donnie work and uh, Brother... Uh, Brother Zach and Amber having the situation with fever in the twins. We speak uh, healing and deliverance to that. We, Sister Johnny uh, dealing and battling with uh, uh, an infection. We speak healing to her, Lord. Um, but there's many others that are on our heart, many others that are dealing with different things. We ask that you would touch them as well this morning. Let them feel your presence. Just take over this service. Help us to yield to you and help us to come to a new level of understanding that you are not just a God way out in the universe, but you are a father in the midst of our hearts, in the midst of our lives, moment by moment. We ask this thing in the name of Jesus and we all say, Amen, amen and Amen. Hallelujah. 
glory. So you and I, we have been destined and ordained by the Lord as He has touched us and drawn us and brought us uh, to salvation. Uh, he has adopted us. Think about it. We, on Wednesday nights, we're studying the book of Ephesians, and, and we're uh, learning how that God chose you and I from the foundation of the world. Isn't that amazing that he, uh, before he created this world, the Bible says that this world was created by God and he gave it to you and I. But before he created this world, uh, he created a plan for you and I. And so we, we've been chosen. We've been adopted out of, uh, out of the, a fallen nature and state of what uh, this whole world uh, fell into in the garden uh, with the sin of, of Adam and Eve and all of those things. You, you've you been called out of that. And so he called you out and he wants you to see him as Father God. He wants you to be able to call him, say, Abba, Daddy, I, you know, have a conversation with him. And so uh, what we've got to see this morning, the way that you and I see God determines everything about our life. Everything. Because the way that we look at an individual, the way that we uh, believe that, that we see them and they see us, the way they accept us and we accept them, it determines our ability to have a conversation. So you can't talk to everybody the way you do to your spouse or the way you do to your best friend. You don't have that option because why? Because there's something there. You know, it's like today we're just being inundated with spam calls. Anybody get any spam calls last week? And then those spam calls, they they, uh, they want to convince you that they know you and you know them. But they're, as the Bible says, your speech betrays you. Because you recognize the speech. You recognize and you know that that person talking to you, they don't know you. Uh, and so we've got to learn that, that God has destined us to have a prayer life with him uh, in an openness of communication that is just as intimate as uh, the closest person on earth and then go to the hundredfold. Because we can be closer to him than any other person. We, we, we can, we can share everything about our lives. There, there's no hangups. There, there's, there's nothing that would hinder us from being open with him because the, the Bible tells me that God knows every word in my tongue before I speak it. He, it, it. The Bible says that he knows every thought in my heart before I even think it. And yet he chose me. He chose you. So I don't know about you. I've got some thoughts that go through my mind sometimes that I wouldn't want you to know about. I've got some words in my tongue that I have to ask the Lord to help me to hold back. Come on. But God knows it and he still chose me. So I can be open and intimate with God because he wants to be open and intimate with me. Amen. And so can you imagine here the disciples are, and we've uncovered the preceding thoughts on, on these two verses, but here Jesus is wanting to reiterate the importance of you and I of saying our father. We need to call God our father and we need to call out to him and, and recognize, see, you know, there's so many uh, pictures that the world wants to paint of God. And usually it's of uh, this white haired, bearded man sitting on the throne waiting to pronounce judgment, looking, 
looking for it, some excuse to throw you and I into hell because of, of the harshness that is presented and represented in the Old Testament that is misunderstood. But we've got to see that Jesus is uh, in the New Testament. He, he, he reveals what was concealed in the Old Testament, the love of God. The Bible says in Romans 5, 8, that while I was yet a sinner, while you were yet a sinner, God, what? He demonstrated his love toward us as a father, that Jesus Christ died for us. Amen. And and so this morning, I need to be in that place where I say, God is my father. Amen. And so I, I want you to, to look at some things this morning. We're going to look at where we've got to make a choice. Everything about life is a choice. And, and so let's look at that first. Go with me to Second Corinthians chapter six. And we're going to we're going to look at how you and I, we have to choose God. But we're going to document in from the word of God where God chose you. Amen. We're going to uh, build our faith, loose our faith in that in that direction. So this morning, I want to make a choice that I want to I want to see God as father like I've never saw him before. Now, Second Corinthians chapter six. Let's start reading in verse 14. Second Corinthians chapter six, verse 14, it says, be not unequally yoked together with uh, unbelievers, with somebody who is actively disbelieving. That's, that's what this word means, that they're, they're active in, in coming against the things of God. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion hath light with darkness, and what concord hath Christ with Belial? That's an epithet of Satan. Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? Same word as unbelievers. Uh, verse 16. And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are. When you got to know who you are in Christ because of the love of the Father. You are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Can God lie? No, he can't lie, right? Titus 1, 2, Hebrews 6, 18. God can't lie. It's impossible for him to lie. And he said that when you and I believed in the heart and confessed with the mouth, Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior, that he becomes our God. And he said when he become our God, he made us the temple that would house the Holy Spirit, house his presence. Now, why did we read all that? Notice what it says. Verse 17, here's your role, here's my role, our choice. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. Now, this word, touch not, it's a little more dramatic than that. From the Greek, it means don't attach yourself to it. Because, you know, Jesus, he taught that when you and I walk through this world, we're going to get our feet dirty. But thank God he's made a provision for that. Amen. We walk in the light as he is in the light and he cleanses us from all unrighteousness. First John tells us that. And so, but I want you to see here that he has a promise for us. He said, if we'll make this choice, look at verse 18. He said, and we'll be a father unto you. God Almighty. The, the God that is sitting on the throne, the God that, that has created us with a destiny, with a purpose. He said, and I will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters. Who's talking? Saith the Lord Almighty. He just named you his children. He said that you... Because you have made this commitment, because you're willing to come out from this world and you're, you're, you're not going to serve. See, Second Corinthians 4, 4 says there's a God of this world. And the God of this world blinds people. 
where they can't see the truth. That's why we're in such a, a state of confusion right now uh, in, in the world. But you and I, we come out from that world and we accept uh, the God that created the world, the God that is the light of the world. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Amen. We accept him. And, and all of a sudden he, he said, I name you my children. Oh, glory. I, I want to re- realize that. I want to, I want to re- receive that into my life and then I want to have a reaction. I want to have a, a, a daily life that God himself said, I want you. So all I've got to do is, is come in agreement with him and make that same choice. Lord, I choose you because you have chosen me. Amen. And when we do that, all of a sudden he said, and I will be a father unto you. I don't know about you, but one of my biggest regrets in my life is not uh, being close to my earthly father. And see, depending upon how you and your earthly father relate, it has a great impact on how you see God. I mean, that's just the way it is. And if we're not careful, we'll let the relationships in the natural, in this fallen state of mankind, we'll let that impact how we see our relationship with God. And we can't do that. We've got to ask the Lord to bring truth to us. But let's go to the book of Ephesians and let's see something. Ephesians 1, we quoted, talked about that, uh, hinted at it just a moment ago, what we're studying on Wednesday night. But I want to read it to you. Ephesians chapter 1, starting in verse number 3. I want you just to feel that God wants you this morning. He wants to be your father. Look at verse number three. Blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath, past tense, blessed us with all spiritual blessings and heavenly places in Christ. What's one of the blessings? Verse number four. According as he hath chosen us in him. Say, I'm chosen. You're chosen this morning. And not just by anybody or anything, but you're chosen by God to be his child. Oh, my goodness. That's how much God loves you. He wants a relationship with you. He wants to know what you're thinking this morning. He wants to know what you're dealing with. He wants to know what kept you awake last night. He wants to know what's trouble on the job. He wants to know what the division is within the family. He wants to know what your concerns is about the state that we're in coming into the last days uh, of this dispensation of grace. He wants to know all of those things. He wants you just to open up your mouth and and, uh, and just let everything out of your heart issue out. He, let the tears fall. He'll be there to wipe them up. The Bible says that he's your great high priest that's touched with every feeling of your infirmity, your weakness. I don't know about you, but I got weakness this morning and I need Jesus. I need him to show me because what did Jesus say? He said, I come to walk this earth and to overcome and to show my father. I I, I need to have him as my father. According as he has chosen us before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Wow. You and I, because God so loved us for God so loved the world. Amen. Come on. Uh, you and I, we can be holy because of Jesus, but we can be without blame. See, we need to walk like that. This, this without blame means Jesus has done took everything that was against you and I in our relationship with God the Father. He's took it to the cross. That's what makes this adoption God being my father so special because God, he looked and he saw my beginning. He saw my end. He saw every sin 
I would ever commit. And he made provision for me to be forgiven. But he didn't let that separate me. See, I don't know about you, but sometimes when we make mistakes, people pull away from us. When they don't understand us or they don't know why we're doing certain things and they just, that ain't God. Come on, your father, when you he sees you and I in trouble, when he sees us struggling, he draws closer to us. Now, the devil tries to get us in a place and a position where we feel all alone and we feel separated, but all those things are lies, amen, because we're not living by feeling, we're living by faith. And the faith is Jesus said that when I go away, Sister Victoria put it up there, I'll send another comforter. And if we'd kept reading, the word of God said he would abide with you for. So it's not about what you feel. It's about what God has said, because you didn't come in agreement with me that God can't lie. Amen. All right. Look at verse number five. Having predestined us unto the adoption of children, how by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. Isn't that amazing? It's God's good pleasure to adopt you and I. That's why it makes it so special. Because think about in the natural. If you and I were to go to an adoption agency, and, and you know, they, you know, if you if you went to an orphanage, and the, all the time people have certain ideals of if they're going to go through an adoption, they want a certain uh, a child. They, they either want a boy or a girl, or they or they want one that is a certain age, or they want one that's blonde headed or or black headed or brown headed or whatever. It's just according to what their what their personal taste is. But God looked at me, he looked at you and said, I want you. And it said it was his good pleasure. In other words, it pleased him to pick me. It pleased him to pick you. See, Revelation 4.11 tells you and I that we were originally created for God's pleasure. So that means if you and I don't accept Jesus and come into this, there's going to be something missing in the family of God. Let's don't let that happen. Let, let, let's come into this relationship and, and let him be exalted. Now, Jesus makes a statement in, in John chapter 15 again, was in 14. Let's look at John 15. I think it's verse 16. Out of the mouth of the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at this red letter. He said, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. So when you and I were lost and undone walking in this world, uh, Jesus made every effort because of the direction of the Father and the uh, uh, anointing of the Spirit of God to get to us. He said, I have chosen you. So when the devil tries to tell you that, that you're not appreciated, that you're not needed in this world, God said, I need you. Come on, the Father said, I need you. We've got to come together in this revelation and this truth like never before because this is the time for the church to shine. This is the time for us to lift up Jesus Christ and to be able to have this relationship as God is our Father. You have not chosen me, but I've chosen you and have ordained you. Come on, he had a plan for us that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain and that whatsoever you shall ask, there's your prayer, that's your communication, whatsoever you shall ask of the Father, God as your Father, in my name he may give it you. Now, notice it says in his name, because this is where we get into a lot of issues where it causes confusion. That it means that you and I, we ask things in the name of Jesus. That means the character of Jesus. You can't just ask anything on a whim. 
but you ask according to the word of God. You, you ask according to the character, the name, the authority of Jesus. And so that means you're praying the word. And Lord willing, if it is a change the service, that's what we'll be talking about next week. We'll be talking about how you and I can pray the word. And when you pray the word, you have an assurance that you're going to receive what you ask for. Amen. The word. But you've got to know what you're praying. I've got to know what I'm praying. And so we've got to be in this Bible. But notice this. It said, once again, I want to, I want to leave you with that thought. He said, you have not chosen me, but I've chosen you. I want you to walk around with the assurance that man may not understand you. Man may not appreciate you, but God does. He's your father. Let that hold you up. One more on this and we'll, we'll change the thought. Go with me to second Thessalonians chapter two. Let's read verse down about verse 13. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Let's see the power of, of, of revelation of what God wants you and I to see in our lives. He said, but we are bound to give thanks. How often? Always to God for you, brethren, beloved of God. Come on, say, say you are beloved. Say I'm beloved. Because God hath from the beginning, remember a second witness before the foundation of the world, God from the beginning hath chosen you to salvation. Now, let, let's, let's, let's break that down just a little bit. How do you get saved? You get saved through Jesus, right? So God has chosen you to Jesus because He's your salvation. So that means that uh, when you and I identify with Jesus, we recognize and realize what Jesus done. See, Jesus come to what? To reveal the Father. Right. See, the, the, the Jewish people, the, the, the scribes and the Pharisees, they tried to kill Jesus. They didn't understand because they got so offended when he kept talking about God as his Father. They, they couldn't wrap their mind around it. They couldn't understand that. Even though they had the Old Testament scriptures uh, showing and teaching that, that was beyond uh, their sphere of understanding. The, uh, and, and so you and I, when we see that God has chosen us from the beginning to salvation, to Jesus, it means that we need to see that's a second witness that Jesus reveals God as our Father. And, he, and the Bible says that Jesus is the firstborn among many Brethren, say I'm part of the brethren. Oh, hallelujah. And so I've been chosen for salvation. I've been chosen for Jesus. You've been chosen for Jesus through sanctification of the spirit and the belief of the truth. I believe the truth, don't you? And and the truth is causing me to grow. It's, it's expanding my life. And I know that when I hold on to the Lord and I live day by day, I'm going to understand more of the truth. And I'm going to grow in him and by him and not be limited by uh, my past experiences or by this world. That's what I desire, don't you? Hallelujah. Now, we won't take time to read it, but you can you can look in First Peter 2, 9. It says, after you become a babe in Christ, it says, as newborn babes that you and I are to desire the sincere milk of the word that we may grow by. So uh, after we come to the, come to Jesus, we need to see that I've been chosen, but I've been chosen not to stay a babe. I need to grow up. And, and so we need to grow up in, in this reality, in this truth of who we are. And that's what a father does. A father helps you to grow up. 
A father teaches you things. Uh, and, and, and like I said, you know, uh, even though we may not have been as close as we'd like to our earthly father and things might not have been just as, as, as they should have been, uh, I, I've got some knowledge that I got from my earthly dad. And I'm thankful for that. Some things that he did teach me how to do. And, and, and so can you imagine how much God, your father in heaven wants to teach us? It's available to us, amen? And so we need to be in that place. So what we've got to do, we've made a choice. We see that God chose us, and we've made a choice to choose Him. We come out from the lies and out from the things of this world. But we need to be in the place where we let the Lord take us to class uh, on His Word and, and who we are. Go with me to Galatians chapter 3, because we're talking about now growing up and letting God be our Father. In Galatians chapter 3, uh, look what it says in verse 26, Galatians 3.26. It says, for ye are all, now he's talking to the church at Galatia, so he's talking to the church, he's talking to you and I. For ye are all the children of God, how? By faith in Christ Jesus. So a child, that means God is your father. So it, it, what I have to do, I have to feed my faith on God being my father where I can grow in that reality, where I can learn to trust Him. I, I can learn to see that He has things for me. He has a plan for my life. He has uh, that, that the Bible says in Psalms 139 that every day of my life is in His book. And, and so I, if I want to be interested in living my life out of God's plan, out of God's goodness, then I need to come back and I need to say, I need my faith to be built because faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. So I need this Word. Amen? Uh, I can't survive without it. Now, notice what he tells us. Verse 27. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. Aren't you glad that when God becomes our Father, that the things that would divide us get swallowed up in the one who would unify us? Jesus is a common denominator that puts us together and we start seeing God loves me just as much as he loves the Jews. God loves me just as much as he loves the sinner down the street. God loves me just as much as he li- loves the, whoever your favorite preacher is or whoever uh, your favorite uh, uh, philanthropist is that is working in the in, in the will of God this morning. God doesn't love them any more than he loves you. And he wants to bring us all together. And when you and I can come together and, and we don't let uh, our likes and our dislikes, we don't let, let our growth levels, we don't let our personalities divide us, but we, we see that God is blending us together as the body of Christ. And he's the father where there's no need for jealousy. Come on, that's what call, that's what hinders the move of the spirit so much. Is is there'll be some form of jealousy? There'll be some form of, of judgmental spirit. We need to cast all that down, and, and, and let God use who He wants to, when He wants to, and let's all work together. Amen. And and, and we may have had a father that had a favorite, but I'm here to tell you this morning: as you get into the Word of God, you'll see that God has no favorites. He said that you were His peculiar treasure. Wow. Isn't that amazing that you are 
But you've got to see that. And so let's go to class. We, we've made a choice. Now let's go to class in the word of God. Let's say, Lord, I am your pupil. Teach me by your spirit what the truth of the word of God is. Notice what it says. Let's go to the fourth chapter. And verse number one, now I say that the heir, come on, you and I, the Bible says in Romans chapter eight, that we're heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ after salvation. Now I say that the heir, as long as he or she is a child, differeth nothing from a servant, though he be Lord of all. Now, what's what's this saying? You and I, we may have God as our father this morning and and we may be a joint heir with Jesus Christ. But if we don't let this word, remember First Peter 2, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. If we don't grow up in this word, God can be our father, but we can be a child that never comes into the level of blessing, the level of freedom that he wants for us. I want freedom, don't you? And the true freedom is that when you and I humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God, uh, that he will exalt us. First Peter 5, 5, he will exalt us in due season. That's our desire. And so I need to say, I've got to have the word of God. Ephesians 4 says that if we'll hear the word of God that's spoken in truth, that we will grow up under the head, under Jesus. I want to grow up under Jesus because the closer I get to Jesus, the more liberty, freedom, the more I see God as my father. Now, verse 2. But this child is, is under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the who? The father. So uh, right now, don't kick against the pricks. Don't question why you're still in the same place in this season. The Spirit of God saying that to somebody this morning. There is a reason for that. And it's destined, it's, it's designated, it's des- uh, designed by the Father to cause you and I to grow up, to take us to that next place. And, and when we yield to that, this is what's going to happen. Verse 3, even so we, when we were children, we were bondage under the elements of the world. See, as long as you and I are without knowledge of the word of God, as long as we have not let that word be spoken to us and we've seen God as a father that is a a father of freedom and victory, we're going to be in bondage. The, 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 The church is to be the light of the world. Through Jesus, we, we, we are to represent him. And so I, I, I want to come out from under bondage, don't you? I don't want no orphan spirit working in my life saying that I'm isolated. I'm shut off by myself, that nobody understands me. No, God does. Verse number four. But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son made of woman, made under the law. Talking about Jesus, we know what he done for us. Why did he do this? Verse five, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. Everything that uh, that has happened in your life, in my life, the devil means everything for harm, but God has sent Jesus to try to get us on a path with him to see him as father. To see that he wants to adopt us out of the world, out of this uh, sin fallen nature and put us in a place of liberty and freedom. Amen. And so I need to I need to go to class on that. I need to feed my faith on that. I need to see that what I'm what's happening in my life right now. This is not forever. I'm just in a season, but God's taken me through this season. And when I come out of the season, I'm going to be closer to the Lord. I'm going to look more like Jesus. I'm going to have more uh, of the Holy Spirit in my life. I'm going to be pruned. I'm going to be purged and I'm going to walk in that place of assurance. Verse number six. And because ye are sons, and remember God said there in Second Corinthians chapter 6, 
that you and I are sons and daughters, so no gender intended. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son in your hearts, crying what? Abba, Father. In other words, the Holy Spirit is wanting you to open up your mouth and to call out to God. And go, Father, I am hurting. Father, I am confused. Father, th- th- this is a situation that is beyond my understanding. Uh, uh, why do I feel so? I- why do I feel so isolated? Why do I feel like that nobody understands what I'm going through and what I'm dealing with? Why, why, why? God is the one that can answer all of these whys. He can take that question mark away. And he can put the answer in your heart this morning. And and so that's why we're talking about having a communication, a relationship with God the Father. Now notice one last verse and we're going to move to our last thought. Verse 7, Wherefore thou art no more a servant, but a son, a daughter. And if a son or a daughter, then an heir of God through Christ. And we know that that's who we are. So, Live like an heir of God. Live like that, that, that you have been restored into your place. And, 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 you know, Luke 15 talks about how the, 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 the prodigal son went away from God, but God was what? He was looking until he returned. And, 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 and when he returned, did he slap him around? Not at all, did he? What did he do? He loved on him. He went, put his arm around him. They killed the fatted calf, but he, but he put the ring on his finger. He put the shoes on his feet. He put the robe on his body because he said, you are my son. You are my child. Amen. And so we need to live like that, that don't let the devil convince you that there's a separation there because if you've got the blood of Jesus in your life, it's real. It's genuine. It can't be washed away. Okay. One last thing I, I want us to get into our heart here this morning is that we need to see that um, in Jesus that that we've got to we've got to grow like never before. And um, let's go to Matthew eighteen real quick. I just want you to see out of the mouth of Jesus what he says. You know this story very well, but uh, verse number one. And at this time, the disciples said unto Jesus, or the disciples unto Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus called a little child unto him and set him in the midst. And he said, Verily I say unto thee, verse 3, Except you be converted and become as little children, you shall not enter the kingdom of heaven. So he wants us to grow up into him. But to be able to grow up into him, we've got to have that childlike attitude where we take what God the Father through the Son, Jesus by the Spirit, is saying as that's it. You know, I, I, I've shared with you, you know, sometimes say something to, to, uh, Samantha, our granddaughter, and, 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 and she'll look at me and she'll say, really, Papa? Really? And I said, yes, really. And that's all it takes. Cause when you say, yes, really, and, and, and sometimes she'll say, pinky promise? You know, and, and we, and we do that pinky, and she says, okay, then that's the way it is, I believe. Well, you and I, this Bible is the heart of God. And what he said, he means it. Amen. He doesn't say anything he doesn't mean. And so as a little child, let's humble ourselves and, 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 and let's, let's receive that and let's let that become our custom. This is our third C. We'll close with this thought. Go to John 16 and, um, again, and let's see something. We, we, we need to be in the place where it becomes our custom that we, we talk to God as our father. It just, it's just normal. Uh, 
Look at verse, uh, starting in verse 23, John 16, 23. And in that day, he's talking about the, the, the day after, uh, after the crucifixion, after his resurrection, in that day of, of, uh, of, of salvation, because as he's writing this to them, it, he hadn't went to the cross yet. And in that day, you shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, truly, truly, surely, surely, I say unto you, whatsoever you shall ask who? The Father. Mark it down in your mind's eye. In my name, in my character, in my authority, he will give it you. Now notice what he said. Hitherto you have asked nothing in my name. In other words, you haven't made this a custom. You didn't know this was available to you. You didn't know this was an option. Ask and you shall receive that your joy may be full. So God chose you. God chose me. Now we choose God. We go to class into the word of God. And then all of a sudden it becomes our custom. Our daily life is that pray after this manner. Come on. We, we, we have a relationship with God the Father and it becomes normal. He, and he said, verse 25, these things have I spoken unto you in Proverbs, but the time cometh when I shall no more speak unto you in Proverbs, but I shall show you plainly of the Father. And in that day you shall ask in my name, and I'll say not unto you that I will pray to the Father God for you. For why? Verse 27, for the Father himself loveth you, and because you have loved me, and you have believed that I came out from God. Uh, see, he, all of a sudden he's saying now that you've got a relationship with God as Father. And, and and he's saying because you're coming to God in my name, God is listening to you. God hears you. Not only does he hear you, but he's interested in what you've got to say. How many times have you been trying to talk to somebody and you know they don't give a flip what you're saying? Because either one, they haven't been there and so they can't understand. Or number two, something is more pressing in their life and they're very busy and, and you're trying to t- talk to them and, and you realize it hurts, don't it? God's not that way. Can you imagine that here God is as your father. He's in control of all things that we give him control of. And yet he stops whatever he's doing when you come to him in the name of Jesus. Wow. Why would I not want to develop that relationship? Why would I not want to embrace that and and, and allow that to be an encouragement to me rather than dwell on somebody who can't hear me? Or don't understand me. Don't let that see because that, when that happens, all of a sudden, I don't know about what you would do, but in the past, I would close in, and I would just put a wall around me and say, "Well, I just have to deal with this myself because there's nobody else that's going through this, or there's nobody else that understands this, or there's nobody that cares." And those are all lies of the devil, Amen. And so we come back to a God who will take care of us. Now, just a couple more scriptures and I'll let you go, but I want you to see how your prayer life creates a thankfulness. Go with me to Ephesians chapter 5. We'll just hit a few high points in closing uh, that you can take home with you and you can be so built up. But look at Ephesians chapter 5, down about uh, verse 20. Uh, as you and I pray by the Spirit of God in our lives, look what it says. It says, giving thanks always 
for all things unto God and the Father. Mark that down. Uh, we're, we're recognizing him as a new level. Unto God and the Father in the name, in that character and authority, of our personal our Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks always. See, all of a sudden, the more that you and I grow up, that we partake of this word, we're able to to be in the place and the position of not being uh, beat down by our situation, our circumstance, beat down by this world and the devil, where we're, uh, we're doom and gloom and all negative, but we're in the place where we start, we'll start being thankful. Well, I'm going through something and this is horrible. This is, this is, this is bad. This is rough, but I'm thankful because I'm not going through it by myself. Say, I used to, you had to, I had to, we had to go through it by ourselves. But now I can be thankful because my God's with me. And not only is my God with me, the Bible says that Jesus was at all points tempted like me. In other words, he, every temptation that I've ever went through from the first breath to the last breath of my life, Jesus went through every one of them and overcome. Every hurt, every heartache, every word, every situation that was meant by the enemy to destroy me, Jesus has done meant that and overcome it. So I can be in the place where I can give thanks. You know, uh, right now, you know, there's some separation in some family situations. And, and, and immediately, you know, when, when you have ought, uh, trouble in your family or whatever, uh, you know, the, the, the flesh rises up and say, well, that's fine. I don't need them anyway. They don't like me. I don't like them. Now that's devil talk. That's flesh talk. So we'll come back and we say, Lord, I thank you. I give you thanks that I've got this person. They, they may not want to be close to me, but I want them to be close to you. And I'm going to hold them up in prayer. I, I want you to love on them. I, I want you to just put so much sugar on them. They have a diabetic fit. Amen. I want you to reveal yourself to them like never before. And I'm not going to let what they've said or or, or done, I'm not going to let them impact how I feel about them because you love me with an everlasting love. And you put the love of the Bible says Romans 5, 5, God sheds abroad in my heart, your heart, the love of God. So love doesn't change by situation. Aren't you glad? And, And so I can give thanks. I can give thanks. I, that's going to be my custom. In other words, because I have God as my father, I have this prayer life that's being developed. My custom is I'm going to start giving thanks. And see, when you and I become thankful in all things, then joy starts coming. We start learning how we can rejoice when everything looks like it's it's falling apart. But we realize that God's a God that is holding everything together. Colossians 2.10 says that you and I are complete in Jesus. Well, what does that mean to us? It also tells us in that first chapter that Jesus is holding everything together. So if I'm complete in Jesus, and I am, if you're complete in Jesus and you are, then he's holding everything together. It's not falling apart. But we've got to learn to say the word of God. That's part of our prayer life with God as our Father. Okay. Now, let's hit one more verse and we'll, we'll close. Turn over to the sixth chapter. And not only do we pray in thankfulness as our custom, but we pray always. Look at what verse 18 says, uh, Ephesians six eighteen, Praying always, come on, that means at all times. In other words, you and I, our, our communication with the Father is not at this altar all the time. It's not on our knees all the time. It's just walking. It, it, it's, just, it's just praying to Him, communication with Him is just as simple 
as a breath. That's all it is. Praying always with what? With all prayer. Now that tells you and I that there's different kinds of prayer. See, sometimes you and I are going to pray, pray the prayer of intercession. We're going to pray the prayer of repentance. We're going to pray the prayer of thanksgiving. We're going to pray the prayer of glory. We're going to pray the prayer uh, uh, of consecration, whatever, whatever it might be. But, but we're, we're always going to be in some form of, some form of prayer. Praying always with all prayer and supplication. How? In the Spirit. In other words, the Holy Spirit is your source for prayer. Don't you love that? Because so many times we don't know how to pray. Romans eight twenty six and 27 tells us that we don't know how to pray as we ought, but the Holy Spirit with groanings will give us the ability to pray the perfect will of God. And so my custom, your custom is going to be that I'm going to learn how to pray always. I'm walking down the aisle in a certain store or whatever. Well, I'm in prayer. You're in prayer because you realize that prayer simply means that you're in communication with God. He's your father. Amen. And, and so, and we can, we can see situations and circumstances change because of that truth and that reality. Uh, <clears throat> watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication to all saints. So your role, my role is to be able to influence and impact other people's lives. And so we're going to see God as our father. We're going to see God as their father, and then that way we won't be limited by what we see in the natural, but we'll be moved by the love of a father in our life to be able to pray for them. Amen? Um, Sister Victoria, put Psalms 27.10 up on there, and let's close with this thought. Now, your earthly father may have not wanted to spend time with you for whatever reason, but I want you to know God wants to spend time with you. Your earthly father may not have been interested in what you was interested in. But the Bible says that uh, because you and I love the Lord and we're called according to his purpose, that his spirit is working in our lives and the things that you're interested in, he's put them in your heart. Psalm, Psalms 37 tells us that when we delight ourselves in the Lord, he gives us the desires of our heart. That word delight means that we're soft and pliable. In other words, he's working. He's the potter in our life. He puts things in our life. And I want you to stand on this verse. When my father and my mother forsake me. In other words, when people around you don't understand you, the Lord will take you up. And you need to tell, you need to have this openness, this communication. And, and when things aren't going right in your life, just, just get along with the Lord and say, Lord, I know that you're going to take up this situation. Amen. You're a defender of the weak. The Bible says he's a father to the fatherless. Right. Amen. What does that mean? That means this morning, some things that you're dealing with, you're struggling with. God wants to show you that He's your Father over that. That He has authority in that. He has love about that. He has direction for you in that. He wants to be your Father in that situation. And He wants to change that and bring authority from heaven to earth in your life to see it changed. Amen? Will you allow Him to do that this morning? Let's pray. Father, I'm so thankful for this time that we have with you. I'm so thankful for this wonderful group of people. Thank you for bringing us together this Sabbath day, this Sunday morning. I ask, Lord, right now that by the Spirit of God, that each one of us hears what we need to hear, what you're trying to say to us. Let us receive it. You said that we would 
we can receive the engrafted word which is able to save, deliver our soul, deliver our mind, will, and emotions. Lord, let that father mentality, let that orphan spirit be destroyed out of our life this morning. And let us come to a new place in you where we see things through the eyes of God. Touch and draw as only you can. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Let it be. Let it be.